1800s, the Wild West was a place that was void of God's law and every man did what was right in his own eyes. More than 95% of Americans lived in places with fewer than 2,500 inhabitants. By 1830, the distance of the prairie needed circuit riders to spread God's word. Some called them saddlebag preachers. These were a different kind of clergy, used to long, dusty roads and lonely, empty spaces. They rode from church to church on horseback. These days, many of those same places still have less than 2,500 folk. The men and women who are called there are still a different breed of clergy. The needs are different, but the call to reach men and women with the message of Christ is still the same. In the spirit of these circuit riders, we aim to meet a few of those specific needs. Welcome to the Circuit Rider Podcast. Here are your hosts. Hi, welcome to the Dirt Roads Circuit Riders Podcast, Season 3. I'm Michael Houle, along with Doug Rutledge and Steve McVeigh, the legendary Steve McVeigh and Doug yeah, Rutledge, right. by the Good way. Day. And um, Doug the speaker. If, if you are like loving our podcast or just like really concerned that three men are actually doing this together and it's a little odd, either way, you can reach out on our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Please share that with others. It's a great way to connect. And we'd love to hear from you. You can message us on that page as well. You know, we've been talking about serious things. Even the first episode of season three was pretty serious. Absolutely. Talking about categorizing people, who are the faithful, who are the lost sheep, who are the lost coins. We didn't talk much about the prodigals, but we just said, don't chase them. But it was almost depressing. It really was. And I, you know, I've been thinking about like, what do we do for fun? Because believe it or not, we don't talk about serious topics all the time when we're sitting around at the dinner table. Like what are some pet projects you're doing? I know like I, my biggest pet project right now is my biggest goal is to lead the Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl from my couch. I am the best armchair quarterback in the world, and I, that's my top hobby right now. Hmm. 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 Yeah, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. That is not I'm my so hobby. Sorry. <laughs> that is not my hobby. So sorry, Doug. Mm, I don't want to lead anybody to the Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, you follow people to yeah, the Super Bowl. Right, right. <laughs> Super yeah. Bowl and the Detroit Lions. Okay. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have the post-championship slump that goes on since 1957. <laughs> we couldn't get over this, the championship. Uh, my hobby, uh, so I have a bunch of things. I, I, I live, um, I live <laughs> like the guy who walks through the grocery store and I see that, that exit aisle and I'm like, I need all this stuff. So I have a million hobbies. But, uh, but the thing I'm working on right now is a second children's book. The first book actually won an award. I don't know if you well, knew that's that. That's awesome. I that didn't know did, it. Yeah, I have read it. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and that was called Waking the World, a shameless self-plug. You can get that. Go to Amazon, folks. Amazon? Yeah. Make yeah. Doug the speaker guy rich. The, uh, the other thing, or just buy it from me. I'll give you a break. Um, and the, the other, uh, so this book's called Ladder to the Moon, and it's talking about the power of uh, team. So it's a kid who decides he's going to build a ladder that goes all the way to the moon and all the people who combine that effort. So it's real fun. Um, and the, the, that's not the fun part. The writing is kind of uh, secondary for me. Um, the illustrations, they, they take about four to six to eight hours per illustration. That, wow. that eats up your time. That is a pet project. I've got about 34, 34 pictures, pages, and then, uh, yeah, so it so, takes a while. Well, that's good. You know, one of the things I've been also doing is golfing, mm, and wow. I think that might be a work in progress for the next 50 years, but I'm trying. Yeah, what you do is you, you write the name of a congregant that's bothering you on the <laughs> golf ball before you drive, 
you know, the hit hit it with the driver, it really it'll add 10, 15 yards. That's really a brilliant yeah, these idea. Are, these are, these <laughs> are pro tips. That seems in, that seems a little bit. I mean, I'd be, have a softball that I'd be playing with. <laughs> Ah, that is funny. So Samantha and I have really, over the last, she has always been a one who wants to go camping and stuff like that. But we bought some kayak. Well, I was given a kayak. Our church gave me a kayak last year. And so that'd be, so we are kayaking quite a bit and camping. And now we are on the look for a nice, well-built, inexpensive camper. And they are no longer available because everybody right. is looking for a camper. Isn't but we're camping, we're camping more. Yeah. This is one of the realities of the new world, I think, is everybody wants to camp all of a sudden. Everybody's a camper and everybody yep. wants to get outside. Absolutely. So what are so so those are the things that we're doing to distract ourselves and, and exactly. that's a, what a good healthy pastor does. But what are we gonna what are we gonna tackle today? Well the Mike? day I think we're gonna talk about the reality of like what life is like for pastors in terms of their own personal life. And in terms of like what we're seeing from the Holy Spirit, you know, the Holy Spirit's always active. We know that biblically speaking. Mm -hmm. And I just think looking at that desperate cry for a fresh move of the Spirit. And what does that, you know, what does that look like for what you've been seeing though, Steve, you've been traveling a lot. You've been talking to pastors. What are you seeing out of that? So I think, I think maybe what, what I would say is that these are new times. And one of the things we sort of talked about last week is that in a way COVID is over in that. We no longer are seeing this as something to get through, but we're facing a new reality. And when you face a new reality and you're trying to figure out what should I do as a leader, what I think we discover during new times is our complete and total dependence on the Holy Spirit to lead us. And one of the things that I've seen, and I don't know if you guys are seeing this, because we all, you know, we all come from different denominations. We're from different, um, at you know, different areas, even geographically. I am running into pastor after pastor who is leading their church through a series on the Book of Acts. Like in some way, they're engaging the book of Acts. And why? Because in the book of Acts, no one knew what they were doing. They were in new territory, and they were completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. And so like Acts chapter 16, and I'm going to stop. I'm gonna, I'll get preaching. You guys know that. I talked too much. Acts chapter 16, Paul wants to go to Asia. He has a plan to go to, and then the, the spirit of Jesus says no. And then he decides to go to Maja and this, you know, the Holy Spirit resists him. And then he has a dream from the man, you know, the man from Macedonia. He ends up in Philippi. There's a sense in which right now, pastors, I don't know what to do. I mean, I do not know what to do. I have the faithful, the lost sheep, the lost coin. I have prodigals. What do I do? I depend on the Holy Spirit, and I listen every step of the way. I need the Spirit's direction. I, in fact, we, I've seen this about every pastor I've known in the vineyard, and it might be an exaggeration, has gone through Acts in the last year and a half or started it or gone through it. And the other thing I've noticed has been on the Sermon on the Mount as well. Yeah, That's absolutely. the other one they've leaned into. But it's interesting because I think they're all aware of the same reality that, you know, hey, we don't know what we're doing. And the reality of leading to the Spirit is just more and more important. That kind of conversation, I have heard in the vineyard movement across the country consistently. We need to lead more into the Holy Spirit. Where is the Spirit moving right now? We really don't have an idea of what like church is like. And we're trying to figure it out as we go, which is exactly the story of Acts. Can, can I just say, uh, so let's uh, get rid of the illusion that we ever knew what we were doing. I mean, you know, the truth is, as pastors, yeah, I'm called, and yes, God's Spirit equips, and yes, there were certain things that I did, but but honestly, my 
my knowledge of how to minister should have always been led by the power of the Spirit. And if it wasn't, I was doing it in the flesh. And I, I, I you know, that's my take. My take is if this is a callback, this period is a callback to where God is saying, you never really understood that it wasn't about devices and plans and strategies and systems and vision, but it's about my spirit empowering the church. This is a fundamental shift that I think pastors are going through. You see, the church growth movement, literally, you could build a congregation without God. Yeah, yeah, very just, true. Just use... And in those churches, and I do not mean this as judgment at all, but those churches who were built that way are the ones that are falling apart right now. We need the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead us back towards discipleship. The Holy Spirit's going to lead us back towards smaller groups of people that are traveling this journey together. You know, I think the whole idea of renewal sometimes gets confused of what it actually means. And I think we need to allow ourselves to be renewed by the Holy Spirit personally. And I think, I, I've always said this, who we are as pastors reflects into our church. We like know that. Like everyone sitting here knows that. Doug, from your youth, Steve, to the church you led, to the pastors you lead, whatever we are doing reflects into them. And we need to start that, I think, renewal of the Holy Spirit. And we have to understand what that looks like for us. And so when you think about that, where are you like landing of that gentleman in terms of like what does renewal look like for the spirit in your lives what does that mean yeah uh, so here's what i would say um i i'd like to circle back on that part of the conversation and spend an entire podcast talking about the marks of a spiritually renewed church because mm. i think we want i i think we want to lock down and say okay what's it look like when the spirit is at work in our ministries and then what do we do to enable that at all possible ways. And I think we're talking more of a personal renewal today. Yeah, And, and that's where I'm trying to push at is, because it does reflect everything you do. And so when you look at the renewal of the Holy Spirit in your personal life, what does that look like for us? You know, there's a book, um, Mark Sayers, uh, Reappearing Church. And if you have not read that, pastors, go get that book. I mean, it was written before the pandemic, and he almost prophetically tells us there's going to be a pandemic and an economic shift and all of those things. But in that book, he talks about there, there comes a point where in all of the great moves, the great renewals, where there was a group of people who became so desperate for the Holy Spirit that nothing else mattered yeah. to them. And are we there yet? Because it isn't to that point of complete desperation in where we give, you know, we give complete control to the Holy Spirit that the Spirit really moves. Yeah, again, I, um, I have to be desperate, not a corporate desperation, because that's still putting the cart in front of the horse. If I'm saying somehow my people need to be impassioned for the, I'm telling you, speed of the leader, speed of the team, and what I've found, so I'm just, you know, I'm just being candid here, is that God has awakened in me a new desperate desire to be in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. It's a new desperate desire because we need him and he needs to speak in my heart. Uh, just start there. I think exactly. It's a desperate search where you have to do business of God yourself. I call, I call it doing business with God yourself first. Hmm. And so let's talk about our options as yeah. we get in, as we, as we 
walk into a stressful time, we have two choices as I see it. And, and let me talk about the bad choice. Okay. So, okay. so I can, right. All of us, all of us have ways of dealing with stress that are sinful. Yep. I mean, for, for some people it's, you know, like we recently had a pastor that was arrested for a DUI. Um, and, and that's like, they're stressed. They go to, they go to the, the bottle. They're stressed. There's, there's maybe a, a bottle of pills. They're stressed. They go to porn and masturbation. They're stressed. They are become more angry with their family. We have those sins that allow us to release stress. You know, we call it, we, it's not sin, it's acting out. But, but what we have, what we have in, and the thing is, is, you know, Doug, you and I, when we were talking about what we we're going to talk about today, you mentioned it is so easy for pastors to hide that sin because they're being criticized. I mean, we've been criticized like never before. And so our secret sins almost become more dangerous and we can lean that way. And then we're hamstrung when it comes time for courageous leadership because we don't believe we can lead because we know that secret sin and our congregation doesn't know it. And, and Satan freezes us that way. Let, let's be honest. So do you think we can expect that the Holy Spirit of God will, will work through us if we're living in consistent disobedience? Not long term. You might get some short term. I've seen some realities of short term. Is that the Holy Spirit working through us? I don't, I don't or know. In spite of us, but, but I think sometimes. Question, but right? the, the, sometimes I make the argument you've sought with Saul even to a little a bit sure. in the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, but I would say not long term. But I, the Lord confession. gives us permission to turn and repent in those moments. Yeah, because this this is the thing. If anyone came into my office and said, "Pastor, I need you to know, I I've become a closet drinker," and I'm not talking about having a beer. I'm talking about abusing alcohol to what would I say to them? I'd turn them with them over to first John. And I'd say, you know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But pastors, we let Satan get us in a trap. And you say, well, what does this have to do with seeking the Holy Spirit? Everything, absolutely everything. Because what I need to, to transition what I need to shift towards is complete reliance on the Holy Spirit. Take all my stress to him, all my cares, you know, cast them all on Jesus. He cares for me. And if I find myself trapped, bring light to it. Mm -hmm. Because if ever there's a time for a pastor to be close to Jesus and to have a clear heart, we need to be close enough to Jesus so that we can go to Acts chapter 16. Like we want to start a new, like, okay, let's start up our ministries again. Are we close enough to Jesus that if we're not supposed to start up a ministry, we can sense that? Yeah, exactly. And I I think too, if you do not have someone that's holding you accountable in your life, outside even your spouse, I strongly recommend finding someone. Accountability is so important. We all know that, I need to shed light. We counsel this all the time, right? Yeah. But somehow we're trapped in it. Right. And I, and I, when I say we, I'm collecting this table in that group and throwing it. We all have our go-to sins. Yep. And, you know, there are the favorites that we talk about that somebody else has a problem with that I don't. 
because I don't want to talk about the one that I have a problem with. I, there was a book written. I don't know if it was a great book. I read it uh, a number of years ago. I can't remember, but it was called Slouching Towards Gomorrah. And I think what has happened through this period of isolation is we've slouched towards Gomorrah. And I, so get ready, guys. I'm going to meddle here. I think that people have absor- have uh, found themselves absorbed in inappropriate uh, watching material. We're not watching TV where they're editing out language, they're editing out nudity, they're editing uh, you know sexual content, they're editing. We we can get all of that now online, and most of us aren't watching TV where there are edits. We are watching this stuff on Netflix. On it, and I'm look. I love uh, film medium. I I love television medium, but I will tell you that it gets really easy to to know something's coming and to not turn it off, to not give up on a series because I want to find out how the story ends. And so you find yourself absorbing this poison over a long term. And now we're talking 18 months. We're, we're talking 24 months. This is now the way we entertain ourselves. And pastors are watching in, yeah. they're watching inappropriate material, myself included. I find myself watching things I would never watch. I, I, I think our threshold has dropped. And I think yeah. the key element is there are filters, by the way, for Netflix. There are filters yeah. for those things that we just pretend we don't know them or we're not aware of them or maybe we're not mm-hmm. trying to yep. investigate that. I would really push on the idea that two things that need to happen for a pastor at this moment. One, if you're feeling shame and guilt, please don't. Yeah. I think, I think right, the confession, right. getting it open, and breaking that power of the secret of a sin is so important, Pastor. Absolutely. And the third thing is, is don't get sucked into culture so far that you feel like you can't get out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, here's what we're saying, is that if you want to turn to, the, to, to us and say, okay, what? give me five things that I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We don't even know what those five things are. True. And so who you are in Christ matters more than ever. Yep. You have to have that reliance. I am surprised, and maybe you're one of them, and I'm going to reach out right now, how people don't know their identity in Christ. I, I think we've been talking about discipleship. You hear this the biggest conversation I've heard in the American church lately. And it comes back a starting point of who are you in Christ? And if you don't know that, and, I, and pastor, it's okay to like fess that up right now in your life. Like this is not a step. This is a reality that if you don't know who you are in Christ, it needs to begin there. And I think that's important. Can, so I, I love this, uh, and we'll uh, make this an availability. So if you have no one else to talk to, uh, you, can, you can get us on you know, Facebook yeah. and private message us, and we'll, we'll, we'd love to talk to you. I, I come back to 2 Corinthians chapter 6 because I remember 2 Corinthians 6 because I was a Baptist, and I'm not ripping on Baptists. I'm still a Baptist. But I was a Baptist who got used to hearing this yelled at me like I did something wrong, uh, and it you know what don't be unequally yoked and it's and then we come to uh we come to a a part in the passage verse 15 where it says what what communion do we have with with belial and uh, listen to this this is god speaking he said um he says i will dwell with them and walk among them and i'll be their god and they'll be my people therefore come out from among them and be separate says the lord and i love that touch no unclean thing and i'll receive you and i will be a father to you you will be my sons and my daughters says the lord almighty that's not a a yelling passage that is a compassionate loving passage of a father who's saying come to me and i love the fact that he just says hey shine like a bride yeah just be pure just shine like a bride 
And pastors, we're not the first ones who've gone through difficult times. No. I mean, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm, I mean, I, this is, isn't it tough to talk to pastors about Scripture because we know that they have better sermons than we do on yeah, this yeah. stuff? Very they memorize way more, too. Yeah, absolutely. But, but literally, this, is not the, this pandemic is not the first time. I mean, and in Hebrews chapter 11, we have this hall of fame of people who've gone through tough times. Right. And what does, what does the author of Hebrews say? And I'm not going to get into that because, by the way, I think it was Priscilla. But anyway, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a cloud of witnesses, since all these people have gone through this before, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance. I mean, we're talking about a new time, right? right? Run right, with perse- right, right. perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the completer, perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary, and lose heart. Where are we today? We need perseverance. We are growing weary, and I am seeing pastors lose heart. And all we're saying today on the Circuit Riders podcast, the Circuit Riders Dirt Roads podcast, is that we have to get back to this basic relationship with God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and live out what the heroes of the faith have lived in the past. Can I, can I just, rem- I think it's a good reminder as you said that I think back to the when I first gave my life to Christ personally, and I remember the first moment of that and that freshness I had, and it was just all about Jesus all the time and all about the Holy Spirit and moving in my life, and then things in life start to become hard. And I think, Pastor, reminding yourself of certain things that we're going to talk about as we go along here in the future podcast of calling, thinking of the reality of what that moment was like. When, when the Lord called you into what he has you do. I think, I think we can forget that, that he doesn't value you for what you do, but for who you are. I, I think uh, if we're going to leave, let's leave with some hope. And I think confession is the key to any step towards holiness. But sometimes you don't even know where to start. You're like, ah, man, I've lost my center here. As far as what Christ is happy with, I don't know if there's anything. What's he want me to start with? Um, there was a, a friend of mine who shared with me that he he starts his devotional life every day with two prayers. And the first prayer, and he does it with a pen and paper beside him. And the first prayer is, Lord God, where have I grieved your spirit? Mm. And he said he listens. And God never, mm. never, so ne- you're talking That's about good. the presence of the spirit of God. God never leaves that pad untouched. He said, usually he has to stop. You know, he gets three things down and he's like, okay, that'll be good for today. I got to work on this. And then the second prayer comes on the, on the, uh, uh, back end of it, which is, Lord, where have I quenched your spirit? In other words, you've told me what to do, and I I dampened the spirit of God. And I think that a lot of times we know where we're grieving him, and so we quench him. Mm-hmm. Instead of stepping into that time of confession and actually coming back to Second Corinthians, we do come out from among them and be separate. And maybe maybe it's taking a really affirmative step to remove the things that we know are slowly poisoning us and making us toxic. Uh, that's, uh, that's my take. Yeah, this is, uh, we're coming to, I can hear the cows in the I background. I can hear the cows or the steer um, in the background. I was, um, 
just to give you in a very hopeful note that pastor you're doing probably better than you think you are but just always remember why you're doing it and i guess the beauty of it is god has compassion he has grace he has mercy and that's that's the whole idea of the cross and resurrection last i read and so enjoy that and, and lean into that and know we're here for you as well. Well, I'm hoping you're having a great moment with the Lord as we even talk right now. And I'm hoping as we hear the cows heading home here and we're heading out that you're experiencing the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life too. So that has been another Dirt Road Circuit Riders podcast. A big shout out to our producer, Lee Ann Swayhart. And our narrator, Carl Miller. I hope I said those names right because I have a Wisconsin accent and it shows up at times. But we are glad you joined us and we'll see you down the road, folks. The Circuit Riders would like to thank our partners for their interest in assisting rural leaders. Rich Roast Custom Coffee supporting rural missionaries with a wide variety of delicious worldwide coffees. Our friends at thinkorange.com, wanting to join your team to help you create a better experience this week for kids and teenagers. Katrina at crossroadsfarm.org. Vineyard Small Town USA. Vineyard Small Town USA, equipping churches to plant in small towns across America. Disciples of Jesus, making disciples. MultiplyVineyard.org slash USA. Crossroads Farm, working alongside of rural remote churches to provide an outsourced cooperative youth ministry that really works. CRF, loving the rural team. www.crossroadsfarm.org Dirt Roads Network, transforming rural America by planting and revitalizing life-giving churches in small towns and communities. www.dirtroadsnetwork.org Com. For more information about the Circuit Riders or any of these partners, check out our Facebook page or contact them on each of their websites. On behalf of the Riders, I'm Carl Miller saying, until the next Circuit Riders podcast next week, happy trails.